Hello and welcome to the show. The gang's all here. And the gang's we, all here. Yeah, yeah, the entire gang. It's Valentine's Day weekend and Super so, Bowl weekend. Let's go. We're going to make out with footballs all episode. Didn't sign up for that. Who owns a I'm not. Here? I'm not lonely enough to do that. <laughs> That's um, a good question, Marco. Who owns here? I don't. I don't own any type of sporting good. No, wait, I do. Liar. The English kind. Oh, uh, yeah, same. Okay. I have a soccer ball. Who's in chat? Say hello. Zimbu the monkey, I see you. Uh, say hello as you file in. Make sure you're following us if you're not. I want to kick off the show in honor of Valentine's Day with a question directly inspired by one comic book yeti on Twitter who is a reviewer that has a website. They do they do comic book reviews and stuff like that. Really cool guy. Um, okay, matchmakers, let's set two people up. One from DC, one from Marvel. Who's the most compatible and why? Tyler and Marco. Which one's DC and which one's Marvel? Tyler, I think, is DC. Marco is Marvel. No, Tyler is no. definitely Marvel. No, I'm, I'm yeah, definitely a Marvel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tyler I got freaking Marvel tattoos. He's nothing. Mar- Mar- he loves Marvel. Howard the Duck. Look at this. I got Swamp Thing right here. I don't know. That's a. I'm sorry, Kale. That's a. Are you, just, you might be just going off a of vibe then. I think. Well, yeah. I mean, what else am I going to go off of? I've never seen you, either of you in real life. But Marco, <laughs> but Marco is more like Marco would sit in the Mobius chair. Like that's that's what he mm-hmm. would get. Tyler's street level. He's like got problems. He's emotional. He's kind of dark. Like you know, he's, he's read me he's some more, Sean. <laughs> but see, Mar- Marco's he he's more logical. He's got the uh, you know the, uh, the the hard science outer space stuff. Yeah, uh, Thor's an alien. Stuff. Marco knows that. But but that's why he belongs in DC because he's above it. He's above all humanity, and most Marvel characters are not. So you know, and I, I think that's why he belongs there. I come from Apocalypse, bro. That makes sense. You come right. from Apocalypse. All right. Now, so actual actual answer to this question. Yeah, actual Marvel and DC. I have. Well, <laughs> I shouldn't say this, but I'm going to say it either. I mean, anyway, uh, I got Cheetah. Mm-hmm. Of course. And I got Tigra. Okay. There it is. All right. You're just showing your hand right now. <laughs> See, I'm sorry. I think so they have chemistry. As uh, as a big fan of Marvel's history and, and someone who's written the original Thunderbolts lineup uh, team in the past, I think that uh, a really good match is going to be Nightwing and Jean Grey. No. Really? I feel like I feel like there's a there's a replacement there for Scott and it's Nightwing. What? Yeah. They're not even this. They're not even remotely the same kind that's of. Not, person. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I think they're oh. different. Tyler, have you read the uh, the old crossover, the Teen Titans? Um, no, oh, never read all it. All the people I would have thought. Uh, there's oh, but I think he had a thing with uh, Kitty Pride. That's Ooh. good. Oh, uh, Nightwing. That makes Nightwing. sense. Yeah. I like that. I like that better. Yeah, that's good. Nightwing is too much. I'm going to say that 
it's it's not a relationship, but I think that Booster Gold and Emma Frost might have had like a thing that Emma really regrets. <laughs> a drunken night after the Hellfire Gala. Yeah, and like Booster would always bring it up, like, "Hey, you know, you never returned my text." You know, and yeah. Emma is like one step away from like mind wiping him, but. Oh man, I wanna, I wanna. What? Wh- where would She Hulk fit in? Who's she dating? Who's her love connection from me from Marvel or DC? The Green Man himself, the Swamp Thing. No, no I was gonna, I was gonna say the Atom. Oh, that's good. Interesting. A little bit of a, a little bit of a role play uh, inversion there. Scott Free, Mister Man. Uh, and that dude, that dude does like him some big women. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What is she yeah. like? What is she Hulk like? No. I don't know. I think she likes, you know, Work. dudes that she can throw around and, and like have fun with. It's anyone. <laughs> what, what do you say? She has no standards, Tyler? I'm saying she can throw around anyone. Not Superman. I think if you want it. I mean, Clark. If he let her. Clark yeah. is a total bottom. Let's be real here. What? Yeah. See, you yes. guys always, you yeah. guys always get into this. Like, well, I'm just no, talking dynamics. Not. I'm not talking about, you know, in God. bed. Although I do agree with that sentiment too. But Cyclops is not. Superman is not. Okay. No. Nah, Superman totally Absolutely. is. You're no. telling me Lois Lane's a, a bottom? Yes. No way. She's no a, way. You guys, one thousand percent. You guys don't understand how imposing and powerful Superman is. When it gets to the bed, you want to submit. Of course. Nah. Yes. Nah. He had of course. Of course. Lois Lane Clark Kent. You're Lois Lane probably has Clark Kent in bed, man. Lois has a kryptonite strap on. Guaranteed. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> That's how far I'm going with this one. Yeah. That's where I'm going absolutely. with this. I think it makes sense. A thousand percent. Anything for the story. Wow. I think that's, that's where we were going in Grant's action comics before they uh, they left the book. I think that's where we were going with it, to be honest. I got but. I got Daredevil and Wonder Woman. Ah, uh, nah, man. I don't. Right, let me explain. In my mind, in my mind, Wonder Woman not into men. That's bullshit. We know it. Steve Trevor. She's she likes everything. That man. was that was a college fling. <laughs> no, what? That was oh, anyway. <laughs> Matt Listen. says in the chat, "You guys lead Sean into saying the sussiest things." Wait, what did I say? <laughs> I think maybe you just admitting your cheetah and tiger thing, tiger. but oh, but that be come on. You um, didn't even walk him into that. Yeah, no, you, you that's you, not sus. Volunteered that one. That's, that's not sus. That. There's nothing sus about that. Mm. Um. <laughs> hey, Catherine. Hey, Sultan of Swing. Nice to see you here, buddy. Um, I think that Daredevil would love to be with a goddess. So anyone would. But again, but him would... specifically because of his his religious guilt, you know, Daredevil. he'd worship mm-hmm. at her altar at her feet. No, he can't worship. That's a sin. Worshiping is a sin. Is a sin? Yeah, really? Yeah. Another, another idol. God, yeah. Shows you how much I know. Scrap the whole thing. Um, I think if he was looking to lose his faith, that's definitely what he would do. <laughs> And he, you could lose your faith in Wonder Woman. That's one thing that can't happen. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have any other good ones. Anybody else? Bruce um, Wayne and Tony Stark would have a good hate fuck. Did you say Bruce Wayne and Tony Stark? 
Yeah, they, I could see they'd it. Have a good I could see it. Uh, hate I absolutely fuck. could yeah. do that. They'd be fighting during it. Like it'd be rough and tumble. Ooh, ooh, good suggestion here from Catherine from Beyond the Stars. It could play into the religious guilt, right? But that could be a, that could be the, the kink, right? That's like I mean, every, uh, Sean, you got a point here. Though. Matt Murdock does like him like a Greek woman, so yeah, dude, absolutely. Point. Got a type. Got a type. I'm gonna say, um, who's the mailman from uh, Baxter Building? What? Oh, I want. I, yeah. I once said, uh, is it Willie Lumpkins? I once said uh, Fuzzy Lumpkins. It's Willie Lumpkins. Something like that, yeah. It's Willie Lumpkins and Amanda Waller. Interesting. What? I don't yep. know that. That that's like that's that. like when when uh, somebody famous like like a celebrity marries like a teacher. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just a, he's that. just a normal dude. Just yeah. a man. Yeah. Yeah, she just wants something different. She wants something a little quiet on the side. Yep. Her work is a little too too much. It's a nice guy, but also access to the Baxter building. She has ulterior motives. I don't about, I, I think that would be the one place she wouldn't she wouldn't use it. Hmm, really? Well, it would make for a good story. Will uh, will, about, will she won't she? How about Amanda Waller and Wolverine? Nah. Nah. Why not? She she she's always We know tough. Wolverine's type. It's Go ahead. Gene Gray. Not yeah. yes, what are you going to say? Not black women? Is that what we're going? I was going to say Japanese women, <laughs> <What>? honestly. <laughs> what about Jean Gray? She's not Japanese. That's true. That's true. Well, she, she's uh, not black either. Yeah. I know that, but I'm saying you guys are saying he does. he's not down with the brown. <laughs> Next topic we have is listener comments. <laughs> Hermes, oh man! Hermes Pip says Ghostmaker and Wolverine. Ghostmaker and Wolverine. Okay, that I can see. Explain that. Hey Shenron, welcome. Thank you, man. Appreciate you. Um, <laughs> welcome to the show. That's how we're kicking it off this week. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like really fans out there. I apologize, but I'm right. Oh, God. We got the clip out of the way already. Um, <laughs> thank you we so had multiple much for this week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you are enjoying the show, then you should absolutely join us every Saturday. We go live at 10 on twitch.tv slash the comics pals. Make sure to hit that follow button so you never miss when we go live. YouTube.com slash the comics pal. Subscribe for free. Like the video, share it with your friends. All that stuff's free to do, and it helps us out a lot more than it costs you. We are trying to get to 1,000 subscribers this year so that we can see Kale do a backflip. Help make our dreams come true by clicking that subscribe button. Join our Discord server. We're always looking to expand our family. If you are listening to this, if you can hear my voice and you are not in our Discord server, why not? It's fun. Discord, sorry. Discord is easy to get and it's fun to use. We're always having a great time there. We had a lot of conversation this week in our Discord about um, some conversations we had last week on the show. Um, we talked a lot about the um, <laughs> people really upset about uh, my comments about uh, Roland Emmerich. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, stop um, being. Stop getting that heat, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll um, I'll make the show boring and not you know, talk shit. Um, God, the dream. <laughs> what else? What, what are we here for? Um, Doom Patrol is our next book club. Doom Patrol by Grant Morrison. Now, book this, I'm I'm really excited for this one, um, and I have I have a good reason why. And if you guys will indulge me and give me like 
10 seconds, I'm going to show you why. So vamp for me while I get that, and I will be right back. Oh, boy. He's, is he tubing right now? All right, good. He's not. He's Jeffrey tubing. tubing. <laughs> Yo, have you guys opened the Discord? Murphy put a picture of Jean Grey with fucking, it looks like Catman. I don't know who the hell this oh, is. Oh, I can see it. I can see it. Can you see that? Oh, oh very nice. nice. I, I, oh, I did, wait, did you get the omnibus? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have it. It's it's oh, good, man. man. Now, the whole thing? yes. Am I crazy yeah. or did you guys get me that? What? Oh, yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, you guys got me that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Last Holy shit. Uh, two years ago. Yeah. Like birthday or Christmas or something. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Surely it was your birthday. I think it was my birthday. Yeah, it was yeah. The, it was my pandemic birthday. And um, yeah, you guys got me it. In fact, it was supposed to be a reveal on the show, but the gift took, took too long to get here. Uh, so I will be opening this to read for the book club. So I'm super excited about that. Well, cool. Yeah, that's how um, I read it, too. It's a it's a juicy one. And if you, you like go. it, you got plenty more. Right. We're we're only reading the first arc, but there's more. So a lot. join us on that. Uh, we will be putting that out the last Tuesday of the month, uh, so the 22nd. Yep. Um, yeah, make sure you're there for that. We're going to be having a great time talking about another grant joint. Uh, and uh, that's it. That's all the shill I got. So let's get into the listener comments. Sure. So listener comments, we have a couple of things here. So Harris, uh, on does Batman have a bad movie? Said uh, Batman and Robin is the worst Batman movie. I can see what Pattinson was getting at, but that one is atrocious. I'm not going to disagree. Harris. I don't Harris. disagree. Many one-liners. Like, get out of here. <laughs> you like, guys I, think Batman and Robin is a good movie? Well, no, I but I, that movie, and it was, mm-hmm. it, it was everything that I knew about Batman at that point, and it was amazing. What else do you need? That's it. It's Batman. I mean, I'm kind of with Marco at that point, but like, also, I don't think there is a bad Batman movie. There's just different flavors. Very you know? flavors. Batman and Robin is the rainbow sherbet of Batman. Exactly. Movies. Yeah. I can't believe I have to suffer through this another week. Or is like I, the I, the Dark Knight's like just like a classic, like nothing. it's like a little, a little more refined too. It's like a stracciatelli or something like that. You know, like a gelato. Melted dark coffee. Or, or that, yeah, yeah. I feel like I'm in the Twilight Zone. Like, I love the Twilight no Zone. Wasn't a Batman movie. I don't think it's bad. I don't think it's bad. That would be a good Batman movie. That would be a good Batman movie. Where the Mad Hatter's the villain. Fuck. Oh. TM 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 TM. I'm stealing. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. E- email it to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. And then we also had. Um, Kilgore Trout on the same topic. Uh, every, everything in between Batman Returns and Batman Begins is absolute garbage. So this he is said, the best stuff. The Schumacher stuff is garbage. No. <laughs> it's not garbage. That that take is garbage. <laughs> Drew Barrymore's in there. Without with one line, but still she's in it. She snitched doesn't matter how many lines she has. The fact that Seal's Kiss from a Rose is within that time frame mm-hmm. negates that take completely. Oh my god. This is this is really crazy. I you should uh, you should ask Matt about uh Kiss from a Rose. Uh, off 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 stream. 
No, on stream. Matt, yeah. no, there's, talk there's to some, us about There's some history. There's some history there. I don't want to upset him, so don't tell me to ask him something that's going to upset him. I don't know if he remembers. It's like a high school thing. All right. So, Matt, if you remember what the relevance is of Kiss from a Rose in your life, we need to know it now. Well, we'll get back to it. We'll get back to it. He says, Batman and Robin brought back conservative, Matt. (laughs) (laughs) Anti-game conservative, Matt. It's it's conservative, Matt. It's like a, a shitty werewolf. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. Let's not let's not put out there that Matt is anti gay. Matt is very pro gay. Dreams. I was like, what? Highly. <laughs> um, so, you know what? You guys aren't alone. All right. Because today, this very day, um, fans are going to be lobbying and holding a trending event on Twitter to hashtag release the Schumacher cut of Batman Forever. Is that real? I'm not kidding. So there's been a rumor for years this that there is, like a bat, there is a bat, there is a Schumacher cut of Batman Forever that is actually a dark psychological movie. And so Akiva uh, Goldsman, who you guys might know, he's a producer in Hollywood. He's produced like a lot of things, Transformers, whatever. Um, he said, I got to see it recently, the very first one which was referred to as preview cut one. And it was really dark. It was a pretty psychological exploration of guilt and shame. So apparently it it really exists. And of course, Schumacher died. um, I think it was uh, last year or 2020. And so people want this film. Schumacher died? I didn't realize that. (laughs) Me neither. Is this um? You said forever or return uh, or forever. um? Forever. forever. Batman and Robin is forsaken. You guys are nuts sure, with that. sure. But forever, forever has redeemable elements, and I do believe there's a good movie there somewhere. Oh, Batman I just Forever! Don't think they brought it out. Batman Forever is. I, I maintain it is a fantastic movie. Yeah, that Two Face is very good. Oh, it's high camp. It's Tommy Lee, Tommy Lee Jones doing the campiest thing I've ever seen, and it is great. And it's him and, and Jim Carrey almost like trying to out camp each other. And I don't think they liked each other during the filming of it either. No, Tommy Lee Jones hated Jim Carrey. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's like there's some they're like fighting for like the the spotlight during that whole thing. You you know that quote right? This is something you would absolutely. No, I, I've probably heard it, but he says uh, Jim Jim Carrey walked up to Tommy Lee Jones and and uh, he was like, you know, I've noticed you've been pretty cold. Did I do something? And and Tommy Lee Jones was reading a newspaper. He folded it down and he said, I cannot sanction your buffoonery. <laughs> and he flipped it up and went back to reading, and that was their interaction through the whole movie. That's phenomenal. I love that. Um, uh, Matt, Matt says the redeeming factor is Nicole Kidman and her hot ass forehead. Well, listen, there it is. There it is. Never have I heard a forehead described as hot. Um, uh, Catherine says Batman and Robin is nostalgic for me. It was something I saw as a legit kid and I didn't mind it for that reason. Also contributed to my queer awakening for sure via Poison Ivy. Hey, I used to watch that mo- those, both of those movies all the time. I'm not saying that as a kid, I didn't love. Them. I'm just saying that I, I can't any longer indulge in Batman and Robin. It's not even an indulgement. I just don't like it. I can't stand it. Batman and Forever, you can get me with that. You can you can get me with that on the right day at the right time. Um, 
<laughs> what else? Uh, the giant bat scene. Hermes Pip says, "Oh, Manny, hey, welcome, man. Um, you guys are you guys are wild." Uh, Matt says, "Wasn't I obsessed with losing my virginity to kiss from a rose? <laughs> I ended up with Fifth Element instead." Yeah, I think I think I was I think I was also trying to do that too, and I wound up with a uh, Louis C.K. on the background for me. I wish you wouldn't in have retrospect that. Is, a, is a lot worse. <laughs> I need I needed that for for a show later. I needed that for a reveal, but that's okay. I'll we'll, no. Nah, it was uh, Louis C.K. chewed up special. Was not. I don't know. Okay. I don't know why that that, that got, something. Yeah, that says a lot. <laughs> Thank you. Move us along, please. Uh, all right. So Kilgore Trout also said um, the the comics pals. Yikes! I'll give props to Val, but that's as far as I'll go. Um, you know what this is in context too. Is it Val, Val it, Kilmer? It's, it's yeah, it's a, it's a okay. follow up reply. Yeah. I thought we uh, did. We have like an old TNA review, and he was talking about SoCal Val. I don't know if you guys posted one of those. Um, Sanji on comic sales and manga says, "I feel like the growth of manga can maybe help the comic book market. I got into comics because I was reading manga. There could be an opportunity here to capitalize big on the growing anime manga love in America. Uh, that is the unicorn right there. Got into comics because he was reading manga." I feel like there are probably maybe not a lot of people, but I'm sure there are some people who have had that experience. Yeah, sure. Um, in in Midtown, for example, if you go to buy manga, like there are comics all over you. So the idea that you wouldn't like tilt your head and say, oh, that looks kind of interesting. I, I can see that. Yeah, I, I would even say with books like My Hero Academia, which are specifically like superhero, like uh, a superhero series, that's an easy translation. Yeah. Um. And the idea of it helping comics, like I said, I think that's possible. I think that books like Static help. Um, I'm surprised that more comic artists don't bring a manga flavor. I also think artists like Daniel Warren Johnson help because Daniel Warren Johnson's style maybe isn't like a direct manga pull, but it feels like it, at least to me as a non-manga reader. It feels like it to me. So there are artists who bring that to some degree, but I'm surprised that that influence hasn't busted in. And I think that over the next 10 years, that's something we'll see more of as kids grow into adults who love manga and want to work in comics. Something like Peach Momoko is a really good example of that. Oh, they got, yeah. They got her in the uh, Marvel stable there. Imagine yeah, like... I was gonna say, imagine like you're reading manga and you're reading like Naruto, which is a gorgeous book, and then you're like, "Oh, let me pick up a comic," and then it's a Greg Land book. I'm like, <laughs> oh, come on! I I don't know. I like Greg Greg Land's work. I know he traces and well, like the porn I'm not even faces, just, but well, I mean, there is that. But like, I'm just talking about like in terms of the distinct difference between the style, the the mediums. Oh well, yeah. hey, there, you can appreciate multiple styles, right? Yeah, because I have taste. All right. So, oh, so you're saying people that read manga don't have taste. I understand. Gotcha. I mean, you're reading between the lines there. I'm not, you know. That's what you're putting down. <laughs> you put that down. I just picked it up. Um, yeah, move us on. Uh, then um, it lies in the noggin uh, regarding the Substack uh, episode. Uh, creators have to do what's best for them. Clearly, clearly, they're not making as much as one thinks or doing as well if they're leaving. It's up to the comic book companies to make it worth their while. I don't like digital, but fuck it let them build up their brand and audience so there we i are. get that 
I get that. And and I think I don't know if it's not that they're not making as much. I think they have an opportunity to make more this way because of uh the way things have shaken out because they are big creators. So I think they're taking advantage of that fact right now. Well, not not only more, but more of what they want and yeah. what they want to do. Mm. I this was actually a uh, a much longer uh comment and I appreciate it. Um I I agree, right? At the end of the day, creators do have to do what's best for them. But I mean to say that they're not making enough or doing well. I mean, I'm Scott Snyder's doing pretty well, dude. Like you're, none of the creators that they that they tapped are mid-tier. You know, these are all top tier creators who can make top level money at marvel or dc or image they're choosing to do this because of the control that it grants them over their income they have an immediate direct deposit from substack and then from that point forward any book they want to work on they have carte blanche substack has no editors you know what i'm saying substack has no team of people that are observing what these creators are doing so scott snyder can say yeah i just feel like working with uh jock and then he works with jock you know and that's it um that's freedom that most comic book creators don't have and even then all of these creators do because they can just go to image and do whatever they want or go to booms now boom's not going to say oh uh yeah tinian we're going to need to hear the pitch because we're not sure if we want to invest. They're going to invest. You know, so I don't really know that it's 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 as cut and dry as that. And also like Marvel or DC like the big two, are they big corporations? They don't they don't really need to match this payout. Right. They could just hire someone else to write the book. People are going to pick up the books no matter what. I don't think they really care about who's writing them. I'm sure they'll have some you know, people like Hickman or Gillen on the Marvel side to like showcase certain books that want to push more, f- maybe to then increase their cachet for that property and out in other media. But like a big corporation, really give a shit. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. Marvel and DC aren't incentivized to chase these people. Yeah. Because uh, we're all suckers and we continue to read them regardless of who's writing the books. Correct. I mean, you force some of us. Mm, true that is true <laughs> yes uh i'm not gonna disagree with that uh so we have a lot of uh interesting things to get into in the news um dc's got a lot of stuff to talk about when it comes to dark crisis and uh marvel's announced the new thunderbolts so we're going to be talking about that our main topic is going to be about we're going back to the fan entitlement well, because I've been thinking about this a lot. And so we're going to be talking about whether or not fan entitlement traps superheroes. And if you want to know what I mean by that, you got to listen until later on in the show. Uh, but we're going to kick things off. Go ahead. Quick question before we actually get into the news. Um, did anything come from that uh, Jeff Johns, Ethan Van Skyver picture this week? Oh, no. yeah. Cool. Glad you brought that up. That's where I was going next. I just oh, wanted sweet. to quickly address what a what a weird news week it was outside of the announcements. Oh, sorry. Because, no, you're good. That's perfect. You teed me up. Um, Jeff Johns and Ethan Van Skyver, uh, two people who I... Okay. I was going to say two people I never... I said I was going to say two people I never thought I would see together again. But actually... 
I'm not that surprised. Now it makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the real story, if I remember correctly, is that Van Skyver just was we went to the DC offices for reasons and happened like to see that. that's my thing. Like, is it weird that he's even allowed to be there? I don't I, know. I mean, he, he's he he was a big part of some of the Green Lantern stuff and the Flash too. Yeah, the the White Green Lantern. So I feel like I don't know. I, I feel like at, at most places the door is open for you to come back, like to walk in and just be like, "Hey, what's up?" You know, especially yeah. considering how small the industry is. I don't think the DC office is like that. The office, though, I don't know that he could necessarily walk into you know Joe comic book store, but the office. I mean, he didn't do anything to DC. Fair. I guess I, I don't know. To me, it's just like I would imagine that they want no association with him at this point because of everything that he's known for. Um, I don't know. Oh, oh, OK. Really? Um, but, so, yeah. says EVS posted an old picture. OK, that that tracks too. <laughs> found Jeff with that shirt from 2012. You're telling me. I still yeah. have the same underwear from two. <laughs> Jeff Johnson doesn't have the same shirt. From That's true too. <laughs> like, yeah, it could. I mean, it, do you know for sure that it's old? Do you have the Carfax on that? That's what I assumed honestly when I first saw it. That was my initial thought, but I was like, but "Wait, why would he post this?" Yeah, interesting. Kind of random. Um, but that's not the only weird thing that happened this week because. We've got art swiping to talk about and uh, some real bad moves on Marvel's part in terms of, uh, you know, altering someone's art. So we're going to get into that. that. Yeah, Um, I want to I want to get into the sizzle reel that DC posted. Uh, So DC has four movies coming out this month, this year, this month. Imagine. Um, Oh, boy. And so they posted on Twitter and everywhere else uh, a, a reel showcasing, you know, some stuff from these movies. And we actually got our first look at a couple of major things. Black Adam, The Rock is Black Adam. Um, we saw Dr. Fate, who looked really cool. The Flash in costume. Um, lots of really cool stuff um, playing for you guys now watching on Twitch and YouTube. Um, I think The Flash looks phenomenal here. Yeah, I, I I liked how this was packaged. This felt very yeah. coherent. This felt very direct. And mm. I appreciate that because the the DC Extended Universe has been scattered and all over the place. And this felt like, hey, this is what the focus is. And we're letting you know. And that, that I appreciated more than anything else. Yo, but Hawkman. 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 Cool. Yo, honestly, Adam Smasher looked great to me. Yeah, yeah, everybody. Everything looks so good. You saw two flashes there. It's true. Um, it's true. Yeah. What's his face? Um, Michael Keaton's voiceover. Michael Keaton, man. That got me, actually. I was like, oh, shit. So it's interesting because, like, from this, and obviously this is, like, a minute, but it seems like they're being very fluid with the concept of different universes and different things can exist wherever they need to and want to exist. So I wonder how that's going to play out post all of this. Yeah. Um, I think 
I think that this is this is kind of where I wanted the conversation to go. Um, I'm not sure how excited I am for the movies that DC is putting out this year, but they did their damnedest with this trailer to get me to that place. Obviously, Batman, I'm sold on. Um, Black Adam, I'm I'm iffy on that one. It looks real good. Like what we saw here looks good, but I just don't know if I buy it yet. I'll be I'll be excited if The Rock is doing a a track on the soundtrack. That'd be great. Huh. That one song he has is fire. Yeah, he's got a big musical career now. So yeah. As long as he drops the people's album, I'm, I'm there. Maybe you know he's doing money. something like that. Yeah, Maybe that's to. the uh, the the national song of uh, Kondak or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if if Ben Affleck has hit a rock bottom in that's canon. Ben Affleck's Batman rock bottom the thug in Batman versus Superman. If he has done it, I thought you meant the Ben Affleck hit rock bottom canonically. I'm like, it looks like it. Sure looks like it. Hey, give my man Ben Affleck a break. I'm so happy that he is in this movie, by the way. So happy. Ben Affleck? Yeah. Off the flash. Oh, oh, okay. I love Ben Affleck. Yeah, we're going to have, I think, four Batman this year. Is it four? Can I ask why? (laughs) Why we're having? Like, this makes sense to us. We'll talk. We're going to be talking about Dark Dark Crisis because we're, I mean, coming up soon. But like, we're desensitized to multiverse madness in DC. Like, it just is DC for us. But like, what does the average like comic book movie fan think of this? Like it's it just seems like too much going on. Maybe Spider Man helps, you know, make people aware of that Loki. I don't know. No, not Loki. <laughs> Hermes uh, Pip, you got me with that one, man. That's hilarious. The Rock, the Rock featuring Eminem, Rock of Eternity. That's that's brilliant. What what is the fourth Batman? So I'll have Robert Pattinson, Michael uh, Keaton. Robert ben Pattinson, Affleck. Michael Keaton, Ben Affleck. Oh. Why do I? Why am I saying there's a fourth? I swear there's a fourth, but I can't. No, I guess not. Th- okay. Three. Okay. Unless you can yeah. ace the bat out, I guess. Yo. Oh, the Super Pet Show movie is coming out. They didn't show that in this. Yeah. What's up? I'm part of the universe. Not canon. Zimbu says Kilmer. Is Kilmer showing up in something? Not. I don't think so. Out. That that dude looks very different now. I don't know. Yeah. If they... <laughs> That's not Batman material. Um. Tyler, Wait, why is Mr. Bones on the screen? Cause we're, oh, because the, the trailer's you. done. Yeah. yeah, the trailer's done. Oh, my God. This is, <laughs> I don't got it on a loop. I mean, Pip is uh, give it up to Mr. Bones. Let's go. Taylor Conroy. Taylor <laughs> Bonroy. Wait, He's uh, watching uh, all the different Batman. Tyler, wait, can you repeat your question? Like what is what is the the typical comic fan? Well, I just think that like the, there's so many Batman going on. Like, are people going to understand what's going on? Like with the whole multiverse thing, I feel like they're assuming too much of the average viewer. We have some uninitiated people in the chat right now, so I'd love to hear your answers to that question. Is it is it overwhelming that there will be so many Batman in film this year? But. Um, my answer has always been that it is weird, and I don't think fans get it. There are still people who ask questions about whether or not, like, Thanos can be in Justice League movies. You know, like, 
stuff like that, like questions that you're that as a fan, you're just like, what? Like, how do you not get this? But it's not it's weird to people who didn't grow up with this stuff. It's not normal. You know, I feel like somebody like that, though, is somebody who doesn't interact with the movies anyway. Like, I think that that would be a small percentage of the people who would go to even watch these movies. Not in my life, dude. I have a lot of friends who love superheroes, but but from the movies and TV shows. And they ask me shit like that all the time. Really? Yeah. Yeah. All the time. This dude bragging about him having a lot of friends. (laughs) <laughs> I, uh, yeah you know it's, it's really tough it's humble brag jeez yeah um but yeah i think it's i do think it's weird and jarring um i think it's one too many i do i'm not mad about it i want to see them all <laughs> but i do think it's one too many so two two's a company three's a crowd situation going on here <laughs> Yeah, because I think people can understand that there's a multiverse and that, you know, oh, um, Michael Keaton was Batman once and Ben Affleck is the Batman of now. I think people can get that and you can play that in the movie since they're in the same film. Mm. But the fact that there's a whole other movie with a whole other Batman that's not a part of anything, I think that's a bridge too far. Yeah. Solid Swing gives a good point here. It's like still, still, uh, sure, but most people still don't understand Tenet, but they still watched it. Like, what do they care if they understand it, I guess, (laughs) if they're buying the tickets? I'm not saying that people won't watch it. I don't think that confusion is going to preclude people from going to the movies. I just think that um, people will be thrown off. And I think that when you are in a place where you are this, you are clearly number two, um, you know, clarity is important. You want your messaging to be super clear. And one thing I can say about the DC universe is that it's not clear. Um, It's not. The DC film universe, the DCFU, is the least clear thing going. Um, It's super confusing. But people still, people are asking me all the time if Robert Pattinson's Batman is going to be in in the next Justice League. And he's not. That we know of. Like, (laughs) well, he has said. Matt Reeves has said, DC has said, Matt Robert Pattinson has said he wants nothing to do with that stuff. And Matt Reeves says he wants nothing to do with that stuff. I guess to your point, we'll see, but yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I'm I'm excited for Batman. Uh I'm excited for Flash and mid on everything else. I don't know. I, the those scenes got me kind of hyped for Black Adam. Same because it's like, oh, this is just a JSA yes, movie. That's exactly why. It's like diet JSA. I'd be down for that. I don't mind that. That's cool. If they could spin this out into like a JSA TV show or a JSA movie, like Pierce Pierce Brosnan, Doctor Fate, I'm into it. I don't see it. I don't see it happening. What a spinoff or Pierce Brosnan doing a good Doctor Fate? Oh, Pierce Brosnan can do absolutely anything he wants. Have you seen Mamma Mia? <laughs> oh, dude, have I seen Mamma Mia? I'm a big ABBA guy, so. Uh, no, a JSA spinoff. They've been trying to get that off the ground since fucking Smallville. Yeah, oh, dude, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> this is the time to do that. Like, Peacemaker just came out, and if they have that kind of cohesion with a movie and then this, why not? Peacemaker is a miracle of a show. Yeah. But, it, like, but but it's it's working is the thing it's working right now they have uh, doom patrol in the background um they have titans that they've been pushing out but like this <laughs> is this is like 
slowly progress downwards as you name those. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, like separate from that, that uh, the Peacemaker show doesn't feel like that, right? Those are more campy. Those are more um, not of like a similar quality. Doom Patrol, you don't different. think is, is quality? Which one? Doom Patrol. I think there's like a different. Um, it's it's a different flavor to it. It's not the same kind of like production. I think that they put into Peacemaker, and I think it's if they're committing to something like that post a movie, I think it's replicable. I I see right through you, Marco. I see where you're getting with this. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? The, you're just mad that Doom Patrol and Titans got more than one season. Yo, fuck that, bro. Because Swamp Thing. Back Thing, okay? <laughs> God. All right, we gotta, we gotta move on, but I do want to hit some of the comments. Uh, Matt says, only ones we need to watch this year are Batman and Doctor Strange. Um, if I had to pick two, those are the ones I would pick. Um, Shenron says, Joker worked, right? No context was given if it was canon or not. That's true. Yeah. Um, and uh, Matt says DC hasn't gotten people to trust to go out for four new films, especially if they drop on HBO Max 45 days later. I think that's the biggest key is there's literally no reason to go see a DC movie in theaters if you can just wait. There's a pandemic still and convenience, um, right? Uh, Catherine says, speaking of the DC, you being unclear. Yeah, I feel like multiverse feels like DC reboots constantly because Fuck, we didn't get that right. Rather than building to it, maybe a bad take on my part, maybe biased. Um, uh, Catherine, you actually that's a bad take at all. That's exactly right. Catherine just described DC Comics as well. Like, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's exactly what DC does in comics and film. That's their mo. So yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. You don't have to like Titans, but I think it's getting the audience it needs and wants. They're about to make a season four. Um, Manny, I was kidding. I actually really like Titans season one. Um, but you know, to each their own, of course. Uh, let's let's move on. Speaking of DC, let's talk about the Dark Crisis. That is the summer event that DC is touting, and I have to tell you guys right here and now, I'm hyped, and I hate it. I don't want to be. I'm mad at myself. <laughs> Are you good? Yeah, because this is the trap. Look, listen, bro. Listen. This. Is I remember. This is this is a trap. It's a, it's a trap for Sean. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh, I, no, it's not, not that strong. Oh, <laughs> I think oh, Kale's oh. just saying Kale has no interest in this. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me explain myself. In 2008, I got really excited for an event called Final Crisis. OK. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, Grant Morrison on a DC event. This is going to be the shit. And it was the shits. Like to me, I just couldn't get with that. I could not get with it at all. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, hold that. I, I'm going to go back to that. Sure, um, sure. I could not get with Final Crisis. I didn't understand it. It was incoherent. I was disappointed. Um, death Metal, same feeling. Metal was cool. DC major events apparently just don't do it for me like that. But. The pitch here is literally exactly what I said I wanted. A couple of weeks ago on the show, I said, wouldn't it be cool if the death of the Justice League leads into a huge event where the new members of the league or the new heroes have to form a league to face off with whatever the threat is? That's literally what this event is about. I love that. I'm so excited, man. Like, I don't want to be. I'm excited for this shit, and I'm excited for Judgment Day, and I know that one or both are going to disappoint me greatly. 
It's not gonna be Judgment Day. Judgment Day is gonna be good. Why? Which one's, which one's Judgment Day? Judgment Day is the, uh, <laughs> the Avengers Eternals X Men. Yeah. Oh right. That's yeah. gonna be good. Because Kieran Gillen is writing it. No, because like following following the lead up in Eternals, it actually feels somewhat organic. Uh, where I thought it was gonna be like totally just like a shit show, it worked. Fair enough. That's a good point. I think. <sighs> Ah, uh, I don't know. I just feel like this is such a trap, dude. Like, there's just, like there's not enough time. They're that they're killing the Justice League in March, and in June they're doing this event. But it's so cool. You tell me this. You're not. You're excited for this image here that I'm showing on the on the stream, which we'll see in a second. But cool. <laughs> yeah, I can't even see the damn thing. Um. Oh, that. It's, yeah. It's the, it's the big. Is that um? Who's the artist in that? That's uh. Faybach. Uh, is this Faybach? No. Or Rice? I feel like it's either Faybog or Rice if they're doing a big DC thing. But I don't know, unfortunately. Um, let me speak on that real quick because that image right there speaks to the biggest thing that's concerning me. When you look at the new heroes, they're literally all of another version of a hero we already have. No one there is like a, a hero that has a unique identity, and that upsets me. Hmm. It's very DC, but I, I mean, I, you're talking I about like the the main team, right? Not like the fact that there's Titans there as well. Like Beast Boy is not. I'm talking about the new heroes, like the ones that are fair, that are like fair. Yeah. OK. Yeah. That, I mean, bums, that bums me out. Chat saying it's, it's derivative here. Yeah. Oh, it's it here. OK, it's good. They're, they're they're the same. They're legacy heroes just with with you know, different races and obviously personalities. But for the most part, the personalities are the core of them are very similar. They're just different races. Um, and that's that. I don't love that. I think this image, the thing that jumps out to me is that Nightwing is the one front and center where Batman should be instead of, uh, Word. you know, the new New York Batman. Yo, thank you. I put oh. that image up. Shout outs to yeah. the hero of the hood. <laughs> Jace Fox has migrated go. to New York. He has migrated to New York and he <laughs> is going to defend New York by putting the Tims on any thugs who trespass in his city. But if it's too if it's too brick out, he's, he's not doing it like <laughs> if, yeah, if it's mad, brick, uh, he might have to bit. stay in that night. No, you're, you're yeah, right. Yeah. You got you're, you to defend for yourself at that point. <laughs> now, which... What the fuck are you talking about? Which? God damn. I'm t- uh, listen, I'm trying so hard to keep up. <laughs> so I have, hard. I have two questions for my man. Two questions. One, does he put the Yankees fitted over the cake, over the cow? Does he, does he, mm, does he attach mm, it okay. to the cow? Yes, that's, that's my first question. Absolutely. Mean? It's got like electroshock on it too, like so you can't remove it. <laughs> and number two, which hood does he stomp out the most? Is it in the Bronx? Is it Grand Concourse? Where is oh. he at? Is it Harlem? Where is he most active? 125th and Lennox. Perfect. 42nd Street. He's getting rid of that white collar truck crime. That's what he's doing. 40 Have you been to 42nd Street recently, bro? 
no, <laughs> it <Okay>. moved. <laughs> uh, right. I go to 42nd Street every single week to go to Midtown. And I'm telling you something. We need Batman over there. Chase Fox needs Yo, to clean up them streets. He needs, he needs to just schmack all those fucking uh, bozos in Times Square doing copyright infringement. That's what he needs to do. Oh, I would love to see that, dude. He needs to he needs to handle those people. One time I was on 42nd Street and I saw I literally saw Mario, Luigi and Peach press a woman for um for a tip after she took a picture with her children and them. What's up with that? I saw Spider-Man take his mask off to wipe himself down because the summer heat Spider-Man. He's going to be in the new Spider-Verse. <laughs> Times Square Spider-Man. I'm tempted, dude. I've never cosplayed. I'm telling you, I've never cosplayed. But I might have to buy me a pair of Tims, a Yankee fitted, and a costume that resembles that one and go to New York Comic Con dressed as Chase Fox. You might see Spider Cuz there. <laughs> oh, Spider Cuz is the best. <laughs> All right. Okay, um, how's England? Cheerio, Pitbit. <laughs> 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 let's uh let's let's talk a little bit more about the dark crisis uh so we're getting a free comic book day special edition zero issue um this is going to you know kind of act as a precursor to the dark crisis event itself um it's going to show a little bit of the aftermath of the justice league being defeated by the great darkness whatever that is um so that will then lead into justice league road to dark crisis number one which I'm so excited they're doing that. I love Road to issues, um, and that'll be coming out uh, in uh, at the end of uh, what 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 month is that? April, May, April. We'll be coming yeah. out in May. Okay. Um, so it'll be coming out in May, and then we get the Road to in June, uh, or rather, in also in May. So that'll all lead up to the event, which launches in June. Um, I'm excited. They've got a roadmap. It's pretty cool. I'm into it. One thing that the Dark Christ thing is like all the promotional images and stuff is I see a lot of Hal Jordan in this. Mm. Like I know he's been kind of MIA from the main DC books. So I don't know. Does, does he become like the linchpin, like the veteran that kind of guides all these younger people going forward? Um, I'm kind of curious to see where that goes. Like who steps in as the mentor? Um, I think Hal's a decent choice for that. Or even even like Nightwing, Dick Grayson, good choice for that as well. So Wally's there too. It's true. Yeah. I would love to see Nightwing in that position. Like he rally. needs to Yeah, he I feel like Night this is Nightwing's opportunity to like level up as a character. I'm I'm bummed that Yara's there. Just because I feel like we haven't gotten a lot of, of her and she still feels like a flat character. Uh, you think she's well, a copy of a character? <laughs> maybe yeah. if the creative team, i.e. the Joel Jones creator of Yada Flores, was uh, more focused on telling great stories than tracing. Uh, I think the book is good, guys. Come on. <laughs> well, let's let's talk about let's talk about, you know, what we're talking about. So are we getting, getting to it? All right. Yeah. Joel Jones, unfortunately, or fortunately, whatever, um, got exposed last Yikes. week. Uh, 
I'm not sure if it was by Bleeding Cool, but I know they ran the first article about oh, it. Somebody else, Rich, uh, Rich got in there and started asking for evidence and stuff. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was a Twitter. Someone on Twitter posted it, and then Rich jumped in, and then. Well, I know it was a uh, Ramon Villalobos who uh, who stirred the pot a little bit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah, loves that, it. That, that guy's a fucking menace on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. And so on February fifth, actually. Um, Bleeding Cool posted an image of a double splash from the Trial of the Amazons by Joel Jones. And on it, it features two characters who I'm not familiar with. Um, and they're doing poses that are, I mean, they're the literal same pose that Pepe Larraz used for um, for Gene and Polaris on, I believe that's a cover from x-men oh no it's a splash page from x-men yeah. by pepe Larraz. that's uh cassie Sandsmark, wonder girl and uh donna Troy, isn't it yeah yep. yep thank you that was very well done um now if you guys if you guys have the oh perfect tyler great job it's on the screen right now if you're watching on youtube or twitch you can see it's the exact same image it's just that the gene grand polaris have more hair their hair's a little more wild but it's literally the exact same. It looked to me like uh, Joel flipped Donna Troy there in the in the original one. What you like, mean? Like maybe she, you know, she did the trace or whatever, but then flipped it. Did the oh. you know the full uh, the the full flip? Like she was so facing it the other different way or whatever. I'm not sure. I'm following. She was facing the other way. Oh, oh, I see. I just looked at the original image. You're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. It's, now, it's, this. All right, go ahead. Sorry. I, yeah, I just want to just. Uh, so there are people defending this. Um, there are absolutely people defending this. Brian Cunningham is a former senior editor at DC, and he edited for Wizard Magazine. He says. Please consider for a moment that there are entire books of ready-made poses out there designed as a resource for artists. They're made with the full intent of swiping. You can even use a torso of one pose and legs of another. Uh, Wally Wood is quoted as saying, never draw what you can swipe, never swipe what you can trace, never trace what you can photocopy, never photocopy what you can clip and paste down. Um. I I don't know if I agree with that. Like I understand paying homage, I understand like stuff like that, but we we knock Greg Land for that constantly. And maybe it's the porn aspect of it. I don't know, but it's still tracing, it's still like swiping. To me, this was bad. I think yeah, I think in the 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 Cunningham, you know, example, if it were, you know, uh a, you know a, a swipe from a, a like a pose book or whatever a stock image yeah yeah it wouldn't look as you know it wouldn't be as blatant as this and though, though, by the way that's a comic book that came out very recently like that's within the last year x-men mm. tyler we can't hear you bro Yep, I muted myself because I was typing. Um, no, I just put up a poll on the Twitch if you guys want to vote on whether or not you think this is a, a swipe or not. So uh -oh, cool. feel free. Um, I'm kind of once I saw that like guide that you can swipe from, then it like it throws into like, oh, did Pepe Larraz then also 
quote unquote swipe from this and it's just stock images but like then i saw i'm gonna switch over here to um oops sorry uh jace let's uh let's get into so uh it was this gleason superman um that i have up on the screen here um with gleason superman then we also have dwell jones's superman which is right after it um which it, it's a little too close for comfort there oh wow um so if there's a history of this then i'm like uh it's not looking good here's my thing there are there are shortcuts that artists take in order to be able to put out the art like you have like like windows right nobody goes ahead and draws straight windows anymore it's it's a it's a brush you wipe it along and you fix it to size and there are there are ways to do that to speed up the process and i'm assuming that uh joel jones is mostly a digital artist and so if there are ways to speed up the process you're on a monthly grind and you need to get the art out i mean to to what to wallywood's point like there are ways to make the process more efficient whether or not they're savory and i think this is an example of that so Marco, let, let me um let me put you in this position. Let's say you're Pepe Larraz. Right. How do you feel knowing that someone just took your work and used it for their own? I mean, the two characters out of the rest of this, as Pepe Larraz, I'd be I'd be upset. Isn't that what matters then? <laughs> Unless Pepe Larraz also took it from the same swipe book, like. <laughs> Then you're like, oh, you have the same book as me, you know? (laughs) Also, like, of all the people who might understand, you would actually think it might be Pepe Larraz because he's doing, you know, 14 team books at the same time. So a giant, you know, people shot like this, you know, that's a lot of work. It's true. (laughs) Maybe not use it for your promotional image. (laughs) I would like to see her come out and say, hey, um, you know, I really love Pepe Larraz's run on X-Men. I think that the way he drew those particular characters was gorgeous and brilliant. And, you know, I really wanted to render these characters in that style and pay homage. Fine. I don't think she needs to say that. Hmm? I don't think she needs to say anything. Let's go with it. Editor, right. editor came out. Editor spoke on her behalf, saying like, "Hey, there are swipe books out there." I'm just, I'm honestly, I'm honestly curious if Pepe Larraz takes from the same same swipe books because it is a common pose, you know, just mix and match the legs for certain things. Yeah, I don't. Know. I used to do Neopets pixel art. It was pretty much the same thing back in 2001. Even that Superman image is, it's the same Superman pose as every other Superman book out there. I think you guys are being generous, and I'm really confident you're not going to be as generous in our next topic. Um, so, at the in uh, the same oh. week, <laughs> has, sorry, before you move on, has Pepe Larraz acknowledged this at all? Has he said anything? Not to my knowledge. Okay. I haven't seen a, a response on his end. Uh, in the same week, Greg Smallwood uh, went on Twitter mm. and put Marvel on blast uh, with the following. Sad to say that without my approval, Marvel attempted to fix several panels of my art 
in an issue two of Electra Black, White, and Blood before sending it to the printers. They're not huge changes, but I really don't like my art being tampered with. Um, and so you guys can see the change, one of the changes that they made to his work. Um, he said, long story short, two months after turning in the finished pages, I was informed by my editor that Marvel standards and practices flagged my art and requested I redraw several panels so that they would be with intolerance for best representation of Asian characters. Wife and I were expecting our second child the following week, and I was racing to finish an issue of Human Target before the birth. So I told Marvel that it didn't have time to make the changes, but I would be perfectly fine with them pulling the story for sensitivity concerns. I was told that pulling the story was not an option, and if I couldn't do revisions, the Marvel bullpen would take a crack at my pages instead. I stated very clearly that I didn't want anyone touching my art, so I dropped everything I was doing and I immediately reworked all the panels that were flagged. Unfortunately, I just found out yesterday that the folks at Marvel didn't even bother using my new art and instead went to print with their own revised pages. I was not given a chance to make further revisions or even approve the alterations made by the bullpen. They also attempted to cover up some nudity, which just resulted in a muddled mess. Again, something I was willing to fix. Just wanted you all to know because my name is on that comic, but I'm pretty annoyed about how it looks. As a palette cleanser, here's the cover to issue two, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's bad. That's really, really, really bad. This is particularly egregious. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's different than you tracing over something. This is an actual alteration to like the, the art. This is like that um wearing go cover that the dude then made his own and shit that's this is pretty different. uh that's different that that yeah. guy was no, no, no. dead and somebody <laughs> but but, like, I, but i'm saying like the actual alteration of the art is different than you tracing something uh here, here i disagree here's here's my sense on it i think it is a very poorly managed um editorial issue yeah. Um, I think there should have been much clearer communication um, and they shouldn't have gotten the uh, intern to just get on their procreate and use the crayon marker for this because that's essentially what was done. Um, but also it's work for hire. You, you kind of sign up for stuff like this to be edited. You know, it, it just was poorly edited and it was also almost like and, and this is not something I normally say. Um, but this is like real PC police, like South Park PC police, where it's almost uh, comical. Yep. Uh, that they needed to do these changes. Um, it almost became insensitive to make the change. Yeah, because it's 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 saying, hey, that's not what Asian people look like. This is what Asian people look like when Asian people look like both images and bunch of stuff in between. Yeah, it's not clear cut. And so to go ahead and make that change preemptively to get ahead of any criticism is completely crazy to me. Like, this is what's going on in these editorial um, conversations. Like, this is what you're thinking about. And I guess to some degree, you have to think about it. But like, sure, there, there was nothing wrong with these pictures. Yeah, the fact that he very specifically said, don't mess with my art, I'll fix it. And they went ahead and did it anyway is a huge red flag. It's nasty. Yeah. That's that's bad. Um, especially if he was willing to 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 make the changes. Yeah. Yeah. That sucks because, you know, he and 
presumably from what he said, right? He was in the middle of life stuff, and yeah, you yeah. Know, he he dropped it to make changes that they ultimately didn't use. That's fucked up. Now let me say this: I don't think Marvel is fully wrong either. Although I think that they they were I think they were coming from a good place, but they handled it badly. Yeah. I I don't like that. I don't like the reason that they wanted to make the change in general, but I understand it. And I think that them being worried about that is actually kind of a good sign um, for, you know, there are people who want Marvel and DC and all companies on earth to take accountability for representation. And so if they were flagged, if they flagged this as bad, that makes me feel like maybe it wasn't just some random editor that made this decision. Maybe they have a whole department that makes choices like that. And this is the decision that they came to, that they could not publish that image. And maybe there are Asian people in that department <laughs> who said, yeah, that's not going to fly. Uh, Hermes, Hermes is Manny, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Manny says, doesn't Marvel have a white editor who faked being Japanese? <laughs> they have a they have a white editor in chief who faked being Japanese. Fucking the whole the guy in charge faked being Japanese. Akira Yoshida. And he's so the one who he made knows. these changes. He knows. <laughs> he's the one that got on his iPad mini and made these changes. He's like, uh oh. <laughs> I need to roll my sleeves up. Hold on a second. <laughs> I'm the man for this job. Um, I, I don't know. I think Marvel Marvel's definitely at fault. And the biggest sadness of this is that I can't imagine Greg Smallwood will ever work for them again. Um, Mitch yeah, that's Jared's, what jumps out to me. Yeah. Mitch Jarrett's also commented and said, you know, that this was this was, you know, he said infuriating as an artist. Um, he's probably never going to work with them again. And I was really looking forward to um, Mitch maybe doing some some stuff over there. Um, that's the door's probably closed. This is a real bad move. If you want, if you want it, if, it's a good movie if you wanted to alienate one of the best current artists who's doing some good DC work, but not an exclusive DC contract. Like just business wise, this is a dummy mistake. Yeah, and to be honest, I feel like I kind of feel like Marvel has a history of alienating creators. Like I, I feel like DC often over the last. 10 years has been able to and, and maybe even more than that has been able to get better artists than marvel um and then they dip their toe in and it's like eh like robert kirkman net worked for marvel and said i'm never doing this shit again great uh grant morrison worked for marvel and new x-men said i'm never doing this shit again you know like there's so many creators who have made that choice go ahead uh, that's like the yeah i mean you're your matt fraction your rick remender that that whole era of people came from marvel yeah yeah, Marvel has turned away, turned off a lot of creators. <laughs> oh, it's unfortunate. Um, speaking of Marvel and creators at Marvel, let's talk about uh, the Thunderbolts. Um, and I want to get through this relatively quickly, but um, a new Thunderbolts team was announced, teased and announced uh, over the course of a couple of days. And um, we got a preview image, a teaser image, uh with a group of characters we could not I, I couldn't identify at all um but then marvel put the announcement out uh, thunderbolts redeeming justice like lightning with a uh, iffy team i don't know i wasn't i wasn't moved by this team uh we have uh hawkeye 
We have America Chavez. Uh, we have Monica Rambo. That I like that. That's pretty cool. Um, I like yeah. how she's wearing the uh, the blue Marvel jacket because she's in a relationship with him. So a little little callback there. Oh, I like that. That's cool. Um, we have the new Power Man. I do not like that. There's only one Power Man. Uh, and then we have a new character. Uh, who is this guy? I forgot his name. Um, Ballinger approaches. His name's Guts and Glory. Guts and Glory. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. This guy, this really? guy in the middle? Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Yeah, really I don't know about scrape, that. Really scraping the bottom of the well for uh, superhero names these days, huh? Who's that goblin dude at the bottom of that? <laughs> I have no idea who that is. <laughs> goblin dude? Um, uh, uh, the main, the Nakayama oh. cover, yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> um, so the creative team, I think, is probably more solid. It's uh, Jim Zub and Sean Isaacs. Hopefully Isaacs, I believe it's just Isaacs. Isaacs. Oh, yeah. wow. Okay. That's an interesting way to spell that. Um, and so Twitter was less than pleased with this creative team, because if you know anything about the Thunderbolts, you know that they are an inversion. They're, they present as a superhero team. They're actually a team of criminals. Um, maybe not too dissimilar from like the Suicide Squad. Um they're a team of criminals who do jobs, dirty jobs, uh, sometimes for the government. Sometimes. Not not every iteration of the Thunderbolts is that, but um, this is just a straight-up team of heroes. Redeeming justice like lightning. I mean, come on. Clint Barton is the only that we know of former criminal on the team keeping that spirit alive. And so the very first thing you will see if you go on Twitter to see the comments uh, in response to the announcement is someone uh, at Master Crowley said, really lost what the Thunderbolts are supposed to be. And Jim Zub says, as a big fan of Marvel's history and someone who has written the original Thunderbolts team lineup in the past, I know these kinds of changes can throw fans for a loop. But I hope you give the series a shot and see if it works for you on the page. Now we're the next week. <laughs> that's a reasonable response, right? Like, that's not crazy. Okay. Flexing a little bit, but all right. Now, at Rohan Kumar Maha 7 says, bootleg Thunderbolts. Jim Zub replies, as a big fan of Marvel's history and someone who has written the original Thunderbolts team lineup in the past, I know these kinds of changes can throw some fans for a loop, but I hope you give this series a shot and see if it works for you on the page. I think Jim Zub got thrown for a loop. I think Jim Zub was stuck in the loop. Um, then, at Rude Tunes Art said, this ain't the Thunderbolts. Jim Zub replied, as a big fan of Marvel's history and someone who has written the original Thunderbolts team lineup in the past, I know these kind of changes can throw fans for a loop, but I hope you give the series a shot and see if it works for you on the page. He replied that way like seven times, maybe more. Every negative was responded to with that cut and paste crap. I mean, so Kefis in the chat says Jim Zub be trolling. That's not how I read it. Yeah, me I don't neither. Think trolling, no. I that think he had PR. this stock response prepared, and he said, "Let's go." <laughs> I, I really took that at face value, honestly. Yeah, same, same. Um, for me, I'm a huge Thunderbolts fan. Um, 
Oh, welcome, Kefis, by the way. Go ahead. Um, and this is outside of Clint, usually Thunderbolts is normally, you know, ex villains or ex, you know, people who might have been on the gray area. I mean, we have we have Cara Kilgrave on the team now. So Purple Man's daughter. So maybe there's something there. Oh, the but this is uh, my favorite murder podcast. Uh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Uh, stay sexy. Don't get murdered. But uh, in in this like. This is a team of heroes, really, which in all of Zub's, you know, copy and pasted replies, it seems to be like a, a part of the story. The fact that these aren't villains and they're unmasked heroes is right. kind of the theme going on here. Um, but like for me, it's like this doesn't feel like Thunderbolts, really. Um, I'll give it a shot because I do like the creative team. And I do like when Hawkeye is leading a team, you know. Alice's Secret Avengers, Alice Cott's Secret Avengers, West Coast Avengers, like Clint as a leader, I really enjoy, but like just, ah, it just doesn't feel like Thunderbolts to me. I And this is an example of Marvel, like, and they do this in the movies too, taking a name that has some value and then doing something completely different with it. I can't stand that. Like there's another way to get this team over and calling them the Thunderbolts. It does it does feel like um a uh it just doesn't feel like Thunderbolts. I'm not I'm not into it. I like Jim Zub. Jim Zub's great. Um I think it can be good, but I just wish it had a different name. Listen, as a big fan of Marvel's history and someone who's written the original Thunderbolts team. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Oh, man. Yeah, I don't love it. Uh, Redrin Vati uh, says this reeks of some middle manager not understanding the history. <laughs> well, they, they got Jim Zub and Sean Isaacs to do it. And they did. <laughs> they, they did do a book with the original lineup. So I, I think they probably chose them for that exact reason. Um, I don't know. It's a little. It's a little weird. Uh, it's weird because yeah. I, I really like the team. And like, yeah. I'm excited to see where the characters go on this. But like, yeah, wait, throw in a boomerang here. Throw in something. Give me some moonstone. Moonstone. Yes. Like, Allegedly. I don't know if you guys read further down the comments, but uh, Jim said, Jim said, uh, as a big fan of Marvel's <laughs> history and someone who uh, <laughs> oh, he, do, he does say they have plans for moonstone in the, yeah. uh, in the book. He, he mentioned several uh, characters like U.S. Agent as well. Characters that are that more feel like they belong in a Thunderbolts book. Um, they should have been in this book. U.S. Agent, literally perfect. That's that's exactly the kind of character that could be in a Thunderbolts book that's about redemption. That's great. But Monica Rambeau does not need redemption. She's awesome. Um, let's get into the comments before we uh, jump into the main topic. Uh, Kef has said, I'm with Tyler. I'm going to give it a shot. I'm here for any Clint lead team and any monica rambo i'm i agree with that um and then kef has followed up she led next wave who were kind of morally questionable so i don't know maybe they're like x-force a black ops ish team it seems like they're actually trying to be exactly the opposite of that it yeah, feels like they're trying to be a very forward facing we are the superhero team of new york operating in response to kingpin that's what this feels like in fact i think jim is upset as much between this pink cover that's on the screen now and the uh, one of the other images they have they're like you know eating lunch or whatever and chatting on a uh, uh a steel beam 
I guess they're chatting. They're not eating lunch. Uh, but like they're, you know, really looking to, to give the Thunderbolt a, a new face. Yeah. It's a makeover for sure. Um, and you know, we have to see the book. Maybe it, maybe it works a lot in context, but right. You know, maybe he's right. Maybe we need to see how it plays out on the page. I don't know, <laughs> but you see how we're all like, Hey, that's not my Thunderbolts. And we're rejecting it because it's not what we know. That is fan entitlement. I don't think we're necessarily wrong for how we feel, but that's entitlement. Uh, it's entitlement for us to be saying that the creators can't take the Thunderbolts in a new direction or do something different that we haven't seen before. We want the same old thing. And that is what our main topic is going to be about. Does fan entitlement trap superheroes? Are superhero comics doomed to play on a loop because fans can't accept them moving forward? And then in the opposite direction, our creators, and this, this applies to films as well, are creators in a position where they have to do and change characters to match fans' desires because if they don't, they'll never stop getting negative comments about it. That's what we're talking about in our main topic. Everybody has a thought about fan entitlement. It's one of the most commonly discussed topics. And so I can't wait to get into it. Twitch chat, you guys know the deal. We'll be back in five minutes or less to discuss this. See you then. Done it early. Hello. <laughs> we're back. We're back. <laughs> and we cannot talk about what we were just talking about. I so hope our mics are <laughs> Marco's got to put those chopsticks away. Yeah, I'm, just, I'm eating french fries. That's all it is. You're eating french, french fries, fries with chopsticks? chopsticks? Yeah, so you don't dirty your hands. Wow, dude. That's so bougie. <sighs> what? Come on. You, that, you, are the, the you are so bougie, dude. That's the most bougie thing I've ever heard. Yo, I, I can't even popcorn. support that one, Marco. I eat popcorn with chopsticks. I eat chips with chopsticks. There is only one way to eat popcorn, and that's by the handful and shoving it in your mouth. Hell yeah, dude. Yep. Hungry, oh hungry, hippo God. style. That's the only way to eat popcorn. You are a disgrace to the comics pals. <laughs> it's a human race. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to get into our main topic. Keep in mind, if you're live with us on Twitch, we will hang around with you guys for, you know, about 10 minutes or so after the show, just to chit chat. Um, so every corner of geekdom has fan communities and people love what they love and they defend it and they fight for it fiercely and the internet has only made that more intense um you know between comic cons and internet forums social media it's just it's it's crazy how much fans how much time fans devote to these characters but that's a double-edged sword for companies because on the one hand you know that's fan generated ads basically um you don't have to do all the legwork your audience will do it for you retweets hashtags all that stuff on the other hand when you don't do what fans want that can be like your entire audience yelling at you that you suck and you need to get good um so that's what i want to talk about i want to talk about fan entitlement being something that keeps superhero characters specifically from being able to move on or, again, the other way, uh, keeps creators from being able to do what they want. I have a, a, an example that I'm going to pass. Yelena Belova. I don't know if you guys have followed out at all, 
But since the Hawkeye show, there has been a big push to make Yelena Belova asexual. Now, asexual what? A <laughs> asexual. A. <laughs> oh, like the Fonz. Oh boy, that might that might be too sexual. Oh, okay, gotcha. Other direction. Yeah. Um. Uh, and so the fans watched Hawkeye, and because of the fact that Yelena has had no, you know, relationships or shown interest in anybody yet, people feel that she should be ace because there is no representation yet, and that's just what they want. Because she's been on screen for five seconds, she should automatically conform. Right. And so it got to the point where... They had to um, the, the one of the writers had to comment and I don't have the comment right in front of me, but I remember it. She essentially said, uh, if you want to get, you know, Yelena Belova to be ace or any kind of representation or any changes, we don't have that power. The writers don't have that power. You have to go to the higher ups who make those kinds of decisions. That's a huge decision. Um, and we cannot do that. So and and then a sidebar. She didn't say this, but I'm saying it. If you were if you were yelling at the writer of a show that is currently airing to make a change, that's literally impossible. The show's filmed and banked. You can't do that. You can't watch Hawkeye episode two, make that claim, and then in episode five, it, it happened. That's not the way television shows work. You're, you're telling me I can't complain and they're not going to listen? They're not going to stop production for my tweet? <laughs> no, I'm telling you that production's been over. Even, you're telling even, me that when I wrote to Steven Universe about an issue they put forward, the next episode wasn't an apology for that? No. <laughs> it's funny, even in, in pro wrestling where they can make that change week to week, this shit doesn't happen. <laughs> right. That's different, though. The guy Why? that rubs that place is nuts. You, well, I mean, one of them, yeah. Sean, you're telling me that as a big fan of Marvel's history and someone who has <laughs> written the original Thunderbolt scheme of lineup in the past. <laughs> but that's what happens, right? Like, that's a great example. I, I think Jim Zub is fantastic, but he had to get in them comments. And, and, and ah, like, dude was the, struggling. <laughs> he was. Putting that, like, copy-paste comment aside, if you look, he was in the weeds with people yeah. trying trying to get people to read his book. By the way, people who were being disrespectful. There were a lot of disrespectful people in the comments. Imagine having to take that. <laughs> like, you have to take it. To sell your book, you have to eat it. That sucks. Yeah. That's one thing I genuinely hope I don't have for my writing career. Yeah. Is fans. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I thought that was going in a different direction. Well, good. I mean, th this got me thinking, and, and so so Matt actually brought this topic up last night at like fucking one o'clock in the morning or whatever to me. Like, <laughs> I'm like, how'd you know I was awake? Um, but like that, they talk about you know uh, the fact, that especially comic book writers and artists, they're just normal people. It's not Florence Pugh, you know, <laughs> that's on a a multi million dollar TV show. Um, these are just normal people. Like if you saw Jim Zub at your local Trader Joe's, you would not know it. Right. Like, and like the fact that like, A, these people have to 
kind of market their own books, especially Zub. Zub tries his fucking damnedest for his books. Um, and he works hard on, on, on Twitter. But like the fact that he has to respond to this drivel sucks. And maybe this that's a choice he makes. You know, he, his choice is that he's going to uh, engage with as many people as possible. You know, if he changes one mind, that's one more book person that buys, buys the book. And maybe that's a mindset. But like some people are fucking toxic on here. And then maybe are these writers who then respond to these people make those toxic people think, oh, I have access to any, anybody I want on the Internet if I need to talk to them. Um, and the, the idea of accessibility through Twitter is... it's it's tough like it's it's fucked with people i know like um people who have been doxxed because of it right you know it's like these are just normal everyday people and the the accessibility especially in the comics sphere is tricky Um, yeah because you have people like tom king who don't respond to anything at all but he also has cia training so (laughs) (laughs) but so i'm glad you brought that up because tom king Oh my God! Remember that <laughs> fiasco? Oh, <laughs> uh, Tom King has the ability to not have to do those things because a Tom King book sells on the name and the art and you know the character generally, so he don't have to get in the weeds. But even during his Batman run, he had a lot of trouble with that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. And Jim Zub's a name too. Like he's been he's been putting out stuff for years now and people really like him so it's it's a shame that he would have to even like go through this i guess the point i was trying to make is that tom king can make the decision to not get in the weeds jim zub really can't like he you he has to you know kind of work at it to sell that title there are more um, people buying a tom king book because it's a tom king book than people buying a jim zub book because of jim zub book which is no knock on the quality of either but it's just in terms of name recognition yeah i'm, po- I'm positive jim's up would agree, agree to that i mean yeah um but this is something that we see in every space i remember when endgame came out avengers endgame and there was a wave twitter was crazy there was a wave tumblr twitter of people who were furious that the movie did not include captain america and Bucky engaging in a sexual relationship. Like they were not revealed to be in a relationship. Sean, what form of Twitter are you on? I am no, done dude. with any of this. No, dude. I'm telling you, man. We talked about it at the time. This was this was everywhere. I, I think also a lot of fans are stupid. Um, <laughs> Show's that's, over. So that's it. That's not a knock. Like, sure, that's I think it. there should be, you know, gay representation in, in media, especially superhero media. That is essentially really the only media most people flock to nowadays. Um, but your fucking change.org position ain't doing shit, buddy. Like, <laughs> sometimes like, it does. Just, can you name a time that it has? Yep. Sonic. See. Mm, yeah, but then it, it it worked. Then it also made uh, hundreds of people have to work horrible hours to fix it. Um, well, but wait, I mean, in the other scenario, it would be the same. Yeah, I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just saying, sure. you know, it happened and they count. They kowtowed and it. you're right. It did increase work. I'm sure it cost millions of dollars. It ended up being better. But, you know, this is what this is what these companies have to deal with now. They have to submit. Well, they don't have to, but 
you know, if you don't, like Sonic probably would have been dead in the water had they not submitted. I believe that. Mm, yeah, it's actually a good movie, but I think that, that I original design was creepy as shit. Yeah, I saw it with kids. They loved it. I loved it. It was great. Um, Catherine says, I mean, you can also have characters without love interests in our face, too. I'm not not for representation of asexuals, of course, but I hope you're getting what I'm saying. Yeah, no, completely yeah. get it. I think that there's space for all types. Absolutely. I don't think that just because a character has no love interest that they're automatically, you know, oh, well, let's put them in this box. So let's put them in that box because Bucky had no interest in any in anyone at the time. Oh, then he's gay. The only person he loves is Cap gay. Two male friends gay. What? You know, like it sounds like me at the beginning of the show. <laughs> <laughs> representation matters and we have to have it. But when it comes to that, when it comes to even something like the Thunderbolts, even though we all agree that this new Thunderbolts take is iffy, um, you know, there has to be space for creators to tell stories that they want to tell without our influence. We don't own these characters, but sometimes it feels like we think we do. Yeah, that, that sense of entitlement and ownership over big multi-million dollar company IP is stupid in my opinion like you 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 don't matter <laughs> like <laughs> i don't mean to, to to make it sound as depressing as it is and also yeah yeah uh, her, her, manny's right uh marvel is there's no there's no fucking don't worry about that in those movies they're sexless they tried it once it was boring um, <laughs> they ain't trying that again that's a good point, too. Like, it's not as if everybody's running around screwing in these movies. Yes. And also, this is why fan fiction exists. Like, I don't care much for it, but there is a reason for it that you can have what you want with these characters and make it, create it yourself. Do it. There are communities for that. You can meet like minded people. Like, there, that's where the internet can be good and could be bad at some points. Um, but like, I'm not into like the, the Vore fanfic community. You guys are, you guys do your thing, but uh, that's not me. But um, yeah, like, yeah, that's just my thoughts on it. Well, why did you uh, pull that out specifically? Uh, Vore? Yeah. I'm hungry. <laughs> for humanity? For Vore? Uh, no, for in general. Just in general. <laughs> um, but I, I'm glad you, I'm glad you said that because, you know, there is a sense of entitlement to these characters that goes even like, for example, fan fiction, that that Bucky Cap thing that I described to you, that came from shipping on, you know, those websites where people write fan fiction. On this, on this very podcast, do you not remember? Uh, I was sh shipping hard uh, uh, Falcon and uh, Bucky. Oh, what? Um... <laughs> <laughs> but these these companies also contribute to this problem because in, in a way they make us feel like we have some power over these characters oh it's all for you guys we love our fans you know keep tweeting keep doing this that and the other thing the perfect example of what i'm talking about goes back to the 80s but it's when dc let fans vote on whether or not to kill jason todd those are those are gimmicks though that i think can help engage the community 
because because the other other aspect of this is right is like there's a community around these uh these characters and the community is an extension of the ideas put forth by the uh, by these companies and the stories that are being told right so you can have that's why canon is what it is or uh, and people have strong feelings about canon for against otherwise um and so in those moments those are cool ways to make you feel like part of something whether or not you really have a choice like the the expo right like they knew who they were pulling they were trying to really like angle it towards a certain way but it's it's an illusion of choice because you want to engage and have fun with the people who also like the things that that uh, you're trying to engage with right so it it, it ends up being a sort of a double-edged sword because you want people to be excited and have opinions about the things that they love that are yours but at the same time where's the the uh the the tug and and the the give for where they can input yo so glad you said that i'll use another example to show you why that shit is not good the dc vote where they let you pick what books would be coming out. Oof. Remember the JLQ, the Justice League queer? I guarantee you that no one at DC thought that the result was going to be that people would shit on them royally <laughs> for for including a Justice League queer book. I guarantee you they didn't think of that. Clark Bull on Twitter is I I I'm sh I believe he's a um, he's a queer person. He's an editor at DC Comics. He didn't want that. You know, none of them wanted that. These things, you, you you give them out, you put them out, and then it's out of your control. No grace for the creative team, no grace for editorial, no grace for the filmmaker. They just get shit on when things don't go how fans want. That was a no-win situation. There was no way to win. Or even, um, what was it? Uh, New Warriors. Remember that New Warriors book that was supposed to come out? No. Oh. Where they had people like... Oh, what were the names? Like Safe Space was one of the new characters' oh, names. Oh, right. yeah. Right. Well, even, even in times <laughs> before the internet. Got zapped. Uh, Len Wein used to talk about on the uh, on ancient episodes of the Nerdist Comics panels. And I, I've brought this up before. <clears throat> uh, that, you know, when he was on Thor or something, you know, they would write a plot and then they would get complaints in the letters and say no we want you know like uh we want jane foster back so they bring jane foster back and then they get the same people writing it again and be like oh jane foster sucks why'd you bring her back <laughs> it just it just never ends people don't know what they want yeah i read a quote from tom brevoort um about this very subject and he essentially said that you know hey we value our fans we love our fans but we generally only make decisions based around um, money, like in not so many words. You know, he said, we listen to fans who vote with their wallets. If you want something and you're buying it, then that's how if you if you buy something, that's how we know you want. It. If you don't buy something, that's how we know you don't want it. That's why we have that damn Ben Riley book out right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That's why there's been a new Maestro book on the stands every year for the past five years. Right. Everybody, everybody hates uh, how many Batman books DC publishes, but there's a reason they do it, and it's because people buy it. 
So whoever you are complaining about that, like, do you buy them? And if you don't, that's cool. But clearly more people are enough that it makes sense to publish that many Batman books. And also we only get the negative real side of the internet. Like the, right. the positive side doesn't stick out, which sucks. That's true. Especially um, seeing like positive interactions on, on Twitter. Yeah, especially on Twitter. Like if you dig into those Jim Zub comments, there are some positive ones there where he's responding, which it's, it's nice to see that. But guess what shows up on the top of the, the list? The negative the stuff. Negative, you got to go yeah. dig it in there. Boot like um, Thunderbolts. Yeah. The negative Which, ones I mean, are the ones that get the traction as well. Yeah. We did a whole bit on it. That's that's what yeah. we came. I was not going to even talk about that announcement if it wasn't for what went down on Twitter. That sucks. We're part of the I I'm, I put this over. I'm a part of the problem. Yeah, but you are. <laughs> he finally admits it. There we go. <laughs> now but, the healing can begin. <laughs> listen, man. It, it needed to start a long time ago. It's too late. Um, <laughs> we all contribute in some in some shape or form to that kind of thing. Um, that's kind of why I don't engage in headcanon and stuff like that. Just from my own mind, I only want to accept whatever is given to me because I don't want to get into like, oh, that's not exactly what I wanted. There's no room for this to be good. Fuck it. You know, I don't want to be that person. So I just take what's take what's given. Um, Shenron adds, it's, it also depends how much attachment do, does people have to the character or series. Examples like Venom or X-Men, they both have changed so much that original fans don't go with it. Yeah, people get alienated by change. But I don't think that you should let that happen to you. Yeah. I feel like you should roll with the punches. That's kind of what I was saying before, just now. If you're reading superhero comics, it evolves. Evolve with it, is my opinion. Yeah. I want Where, my single um, funny books. And this may be a different conversation that I, in the past 5,000 episodes we've had, but where do you guys stand on the, the argument that characters can't change uh, because the next generation should get that character? You know, Peter Parker can't have kids and, and move on with his life because the, the next generation deserves to have a high school age Peter that they can tell stories with and relate to. I don't. I think that that falls out of the purview of, of like fan directive. I think that's a way to maintain the machine of the the serialized storytelling because well, you you need you need the reset to be able to continue to tell a a story um, with Peter Parker because he can only age so much. Well, I I don't know. I think that I think there's some there's definitely merit to what Kale is saying because we enforce that. Yeah, you know, I think w the negative response is what decides what Kale's talking about. Well, that's, I mean, that's it, in general uh, with, with Kale, but uh, <laughs> in but, uh, comics, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Are, are there examples, though, where, where the character has grown to the point where he hasn't rubber banded back to some neutral state? Nightwing. I mean, uh, yeah, Nightwing is a tremendous example, um, but even yeah. like John Kent and, and Superman, you know, if if nobody liked the fact that Superman was a dad now, um, John Kent wouldn't be here anymore. And they might change that. You know, we don't we don't know. Um, Where, yeah. This is a crisis. Like uh, the question was, will DC reset continuity? And it remains to be seen. DC literally did Flashpoint mm -hmm. and then 
eliminated everything fans did not like. They they literally did that. They rebooted everything fans did not like and kept Batman and Green Lantern the same, except they aged them down because that was the basically the only thing that was working. Yep. And so they 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 shoved 20 years or I mean more than 20 years, many, many years of Batman's history into a character who we were supposed to believe was either late 20s and early 30s and had a son who was 12 and Nightwing and all the Robins were canon. But Bat, but Bruce Wayne was a young man. Impossible. But they did it because fans were not willing to accept that Bruce was getting older, but they wanted everything he was. So uh, Red Rune Vaith in the uh, in the chat says the evolution of Batman post Miller is exactly why it's so iconic and the lack of change in others like Superman can be argued as to why they're struggling. Superman has been the exact same character since his well, not not literally since his inception, but for the most part, right? Like the, the biggest change of Superman has been dad. Superman Dill Superman is the biggest change. And honestly, yeah. for me, that's where it started to click for me for Superman. I yeah. didn't really get him outside of like Morrison stuff. It didn't really click with me. And then he had a kid. He had a family. He had something tangible to fight for instead of the American way and truth and justice, which are more obtuse. Mm -hmm. Um, That's where the evolution worked for me. And I think it is working for most people. The fact that it stayed that way. Um, And like and Marco, like another one to your point is I think Miles is a good character to show this done correctly. but also it shows the bad sides of how Peter is still around. Um, so it's 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 weird. Um, well, I what's think... weird about. Yeah, go ahead. no, go ahead. What's weird about that is that there's they're not letting Peter advance while they have created Miles. Like you would think yeah. Miles existing gives you the best of both worlds. You can tell the young Pete, the young Spider-Man stories and tell the, uh, you know, evolved Spider-Man stories. But. Pete, who used to be on the show, would always say, like, I don't want Peter Parker to go away. I want Peter Parker to exist, and I want him to exist, even if that means we don't get Miles. Like, I want Peter Parker. And that represents what an older fan feels, you know, and that perspective is valid, too, I guess. Like, I don't know. I don't know. What I don't think is valid is being fucking toxic on Twitter as a, you right. know, you can love Peter Parker and want him to be around forever. But uh, as soon as you start, you know, sending out people's uh, the writer's addresses on, you know, Twitter or Facebook or whatever, I'm like, oh, uh, hey, not a fan of that point. You're just a fucking menace. And 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 so I want to leave it uh, right here. First of all, Kefa said, I've always read that a good writer writes what they think is an interesting story, not what they think people want. Alan Moore has said that before. That's a a famous quote from him. Um, The people don't know what they really want. And I think that's universally true. Um, But I want to leave it here based on what Tyler said. Just just be good. You know, don't be a reason. Yeah, don't be toxic. It's cool. Whatever you feel is valid for you because it's how you feel. Who cares how you feel? But don't put that onto other people and make people feel shitty. Jim Zub's just a guy. He's just trying to earn a living. And it ain't that, you know, it ain't rags to riches writing comics for 99% of these people. So be kind. You know, also also just give it a shot. Like, (laughs) Sean Isaacs is a really good artist. Check it out. Yeah, or don't. Like, give it a shot, hopefully, right? But if you don't, if it's not for you, 
that's perfectly fair. There's a lot of stuff I passed on, but you don't have to be a douchebag about it. And I think that's just what it boils down to. We can have the conversation. Don't be a dick. With someone as accessible as Jim Zub is on Twitter, use that as a chance to do something nice. Say something nice about the guy's stuff. Like, yeah. If you can make someone's day, fucking do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, he is he is real good about teaching people yeah. on Twitter. Like he's probably one of the best resources, especially even if you're like an up and coming creator. Just like yeah. on the business, this guy has been through it all. So he's got a Patreon for a couple of dollars a month, uh, where you get access to his scripts and you know teachings and stuff like that. Probably very valuable. He's he should make another Tumblr. tier that's just Thunderbolts fans, and they can vent. At least he gets money from it. Word. (laughs) That's where we're going to leave it, guys. Hopefully, those of you who listen to this podcast, you guys are the good ones. Um, So just (laughs) that's that's the message for this episode. Spread that. You know what I'm saying? Take the time at some point this weekend, this week to just say something about say something nice about things you like. We don't always have to talk about things we don't like negatives, getting into like, oh, what do we hate? That's toxic. It's not it's not necessary. Let's get into what we like. Let's talk about the things we love. It's Valentine's Day. Let's, it's love day. Let's, you know, share the love. Um, and um, unless, of course, you're talking about this podcast, shit on us all you want. Just make sure our name gets out there. That's yeah, the exact yeah. opposite direction I was going in. I was going to say <laughs> you should share the love with us by subscribing to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash comicspals. If you would be so kind, it'd be great if you left a subscribe on our Twitch channel. Follow, of course. Subscribe if you feel generous. It's only uh, four bucks, something like that. It's like four ninety nine. If you got a, if you have a, an Amazon Prime, it's essentially free. Free. Totally yeah. free for you to just hit that subscribe button. It actually helps us out. It puts some money in our pockets, and we need that. Yeah. God Unless knows. Unless you like, so. gave that sub to like Critical Role. Oh, Lewis, or uh, who are there? Some big names on there. Uh, Amarath. Are you you uh, guys one of those types? Yo, she makes main. one. She makes one mil a month from her uh, from her exclusive content. Let's say they don't need it. They don't need yeah. it. Throw that. Yeah. Throw that. Throw those subs over here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> join our Discord server. We love, love, love new additions to the Discord, and uh, we have some great commenters who are not yet on our Discord. So this is a message to you guys. Come join us. Uh, we're always having a fun time over there. Doom Patrol Book Club, get ready. It's coming soon. Um, first, the first story in it will be what we're uh, tackling there. So join us for that. Let's get into the plugs. Kale, you're up, man. Ooh, I heard I heard Pete in my head, the way you used to say it. Yeah. Let's get into the plugs, Pete. And I was yeah. like, okay, I'll wait for Pete. <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Toto in Toe. That's T-O-T-O-I-N-T-O-W. You can find my work at KaleWard.com. That's C-A-L-E-W-A-R-D.com. Come tell me how shit my work is. Get my name out there. Maybe I'll get a job at Marvel. I, I have one of your books on my shelf, Kale. Word? Yeah. I don't even think I have a book of mine on, on my shelf. I didn't know your books were purchasable like that. Uh, I I think this was one of the uh, anthology Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, the monster one, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Yo, that's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It was next wow. to show that. I, I put it next to phonogram. I figured. Oh fuck is yeah! That, is that the one? Is that Hellcat monster Press? Uh, no, that it's was, a Grit uh, City Comics. That's a good name. City. I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Marco's going to get the other one. Fuck yeah! Well, that's I love it, but damn, it's your, okay. There we go. I think I had an Easter basket. <laughs> Man, I don't know. Another kale joint. 
Go grab Incredible. it. Nice. That Where one, can they that, get that kill? That one I think you still can get. It's a Hellcat Press, I know. Uh, Hellcat Press. Screams, screams heard around the world. I won't get money from oh. that, but fuck Kefis, it. thanks for the uh, gifted sub. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Appreciate that. And Redrin, uh, Redrin says, I like your show. We like you. Thank you so much for being Ooh. a part of our family. We really appreciate that. Why did um, you say I like your show with a sad winky face? Because you said <laughs> shit on us. Yeah, just because Kale's into scat. Like, don't listen to that. But, you know. <laughs> a new don't revelation. Put, don't put that on me. <laughs> do you guys dual stream? No, not yet. I don't know what um, that means. Uh, do we stream on multiple platforms? Mm -mm. Uh, um, in being thought about. Yeah. Uh, we'll stream Marco. each other uh, playing Yu-Gi-Oh! And we'll duel there. That, that could be a dual Yo, stream. Well, you'll dual Down. Yo, they started reselling the dual, the dual disc blade thing. Yes. Yeah, let's uh uh Tyler, I'll teach you how to play Dragon Ball Super. It's super fun, man. Is it? The card game. I'm yeah. I'm real I'm not terribly good at card games. Um I, I haven't played since whew, Hearthstone counts, I guess I played some Hearthstone. Um New uh Digimon card game is out that's, too. Right? Oh, is it? That Yo, give me a new Digimon Tamagotchi, that's what I want. Those are out here too. The, oh the, yeah, you work at a freaking toy store. You should know all this shit. Yeah, the the ones that are on the uh, the the brick walls or whatever, those are back. Nice. I used to carry that thing around me all the time. I was strapped twenty four seven. All right, let's get to the plot. Sorry, we can do this after the show. <laughs> you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Marco Animoto. Uh, Attack on Titan is fire every Sunday. Let's fucking go. This Thursday is going to be the season finale for Peacemaker, and I'm excited. Come talk to me about it. Uh, really, really been enjoying that show, and I've been watching. Oh, a Koto anime. It's about the musical instrument, the Koto, the power of friendship, and all that kind of shit. I like the trope. Uh, it's a lot of fun. All right, uh, uh, you could you could follow me on the Tyler Olson on Twitter, Instagram. Those are probably the two biggest ones that I'm on. Um, talk to me about I don't know the Muppets. I like the Muppets. I, if, you, I, if I could, if I showed you my desk, I literally have every Diamond Select Muppet action figure just it, along my have, desk right now. Do you have a, a Jim Henson altar somewhere behind there? Uh, no, it's pretty much the front of my desk. Honestly, There's, I have I have all of Electric Mayhem right here. Uh, my cat constantly knocks down my Kermit. Uh, he's not a big fan of Kermit. Deals there. The Muppets is just good. Oh, here's a plug. Uh, watch. Um, um uh oh shit what's the youtube channel never mind i forgot it there's a good muppets youtube uh documentary about jim henson it's a multi-part thing it's fantastic um it's not defunct land it's defunct lands that uh, youtube series good stuff check that out Catherine's asking you to talk about stick and hoop stick and hoop uh haven't, haven't haven't played stick and hoop in a while oh haven't uh, you as for me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram only. The only thing I want to plug is our Discord server. Join our Discord server. Join our Discord server. Uh, spread the love with us by joining our Discord server. We'd love to have you. Uh, thanks so much for listening. We appreciate you guys. Until next week, we're the Comics Pal signing off. Take care. See you next week.